0: We pick up on the reading (coughs) Bunyan (coughs) takes up, and I'll pick up on the paragraph today. (coughs) Now the day drew on that Christiana must be gone. So the road was full of people to see her take her journey. But behold, all the banks beyond the river were full of horses and chariots, which were come down from above to accompany her to the city gate. So she came forth and entered the river with a beckon of farewell to those that followed her. The last words that she was heard to say were, I come, Lord, to be with thee and bless thee. So her children and friends returned to their place, for those that waited for Christiana had carried her out of their sight. So she went and called and entered in at the gate, With all the ceremonies of joy that her husband, Christian, had entered with before her. At her departure, the children wept. But Mr. Greatheart, Mr. Valiant, played upon the well-tuned, sembling heart for joy. And so all departed to their respective places. It's a deathbed scene, is it not? It's a beautiful, brief, terse even in some ways. Nevertheless, complete deathbed scene. <clears throat> Christiana has now come to the end of her sojourn, her pilgrimage. And will come down to the river, cross over. And all of those who could were there to accompany her and see her go. And of course, she expressed her last words not to earth, but to heaven. <laughs> Made me think of the expression they, you've heard it many times, heaven comes to them before they go to heaven. And clearly she had already seen, gotten a glimpse of the other shore. And she speaks to the Lord and addresses him and says, Lord, I come to you to be with you and to bless you. And her children return to their place. There's a beautiful, if you connect two phrases here in that next sentence. She went in, uh, sorry, she went. And entered in. (laughs) Maybe think, you know, he was not. For God took him. She went. And entered in. Her children wept, of course. Not for her, but for themselves. When we weep at the departure of the dead. We're not weeping for them. If they've gone to this shore. We're weeping for ourselves, are we not? It's our loss, it's our sorrow, it's our pain. That's what we're weeping for. But they wept, and right they should. Right they should. How very much they will miss her. Luke mentioned it in his prayer this morning. We would be loath to lose our brother for whom we pray. We would be loath to lose him. (laughs) but he would not be loath to depart I'm sure Scott says in his note the happy death of an eminent Christian is a loss to relatives and connections to the church and the community and in this view may be lamented but it often yields great encouragement to ministers and other spectators of the interesting scene and excites their adoring praise and thanksgiving. Of course it causes the hearts of the family to ache but it ought to cause them also to rejoice because of where they have gone and that their suffering is over. <laughs> McGuire said, and what a deathbed is that of the full-ripe Christian. Both shores are filled with the communion of saints while the river flows between. <laughs> That's a beautiful thought, isn't it? Isn't that a beautiful scene? Both shores are teeming with the saints. On earth they throng around her bedside. And stand as it were along the sloping strand by the river brink. In heaven, a yet more glorious throng awaits her a throng of chariots and horses and white robed priests and kings to lift her from the fast flowing tide and upbear her to the golden gates and to the all glorious throne. And then, This scene is ended. (laughs) Not only McGuire, but uh, English had a beautiful poem. I don't know what the origin of the poem is. Some of you internet savvy folks could find find it. It It's a beautiful poem. Speaking of Christiana's death. The poem says, Go, child of darkness, see a Christian die. No horror pales his lip. Or dims his eye. No fiend shaped phantoms of destruction start. The hope religion pillows in his heart. When with a faltering hand he waves adieu. To all who love so well. And weep so true. Meek as an infant to the mother's breast turns family longing for its wanted rest he pants for where congenial spirits stray turns to his god and sighs his soul away just simply turns from his family and sighs his soul away Seems that that's a, an apt description of the way Christiana parted this world. I don't know if any of you, some of you may have. I've quoted so very many times from Ivamy, uh, his commentary on the Pilgrim's Progress. Uh there is in that uh, commentary uh, what I think is of all the ones that I have seen, I think it is the most glorious uh artist's depiction of this scene. It is of course an artist's depiction, as is this a uh fictional allegory. But there is a tremendous uh, picture of that scene. I'll leave it up here on the table. Uh, the marker is in the book at the appropriate place. If you'd like to see that picture, I would encourage you to look at it. There is an admonition to to us by Overton in his lectures. There's an admonition for us not to try to avoid this land of Beulah. And I wanted to share that admonition with you. Overton spoke so well, admonishing us not to fear or draw back from this, from this scene. He says, for your own sake, Do not willingly pass by the land of Beul. Despise not that pleasant land. For the sake of others who are weighed down and in heaviness through manifold temptations, aspire after the experience of an assured Christian. Many real Christians go heavily and are in doubt and fear all their days. Oh, rise to the higher regions of full assurance and established hope, and then you may strengthen your brethren and be a help to many. They that fear God will be glad when they see you, if you are able to testify of the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Only attain to the full measure of the statue of Christ, know in whom you have believed. Rejoice in the Lord, be glad in the rock, of your salvation, and who can tell the cheerful effect it may have upon others? Many shall see it and put their trust in the Lord. For their sake, therefore, seek after assurance. Moreover, for the honor of religion, bring not an evil report on the land of promise. Speak not of the way designed as if it were nothing else but a passage through a region of darkness and mist and gloom. If we find it so, we must ascribe it to our own infirmity. Upright and established believers will find the ways of wisdom to be pleasantness in all her paths, to be peace. Provision is made for their present comfort and security as well as for their everlasting salvation and for their future glory. When they perceive their personal interest in the everlasting covenant, oh, the everlasting covenant, When they perceive their personal interest in the everlasting covenant and have the earnest of the Spirit within them, drawing their thoughts and their desires to high and heavenly things, how happy must they be. He's referring, of course, to Christiana's testimony there at the end and what effect her testimony had on those around her. And then... Overton says this. Now consider this. If you are a genuine pilgrim to the celestial city. And by genuine I mean penitent. United by true and living faith to the Savior. If this be your state and character. Consider I say. That that arrow however sharp it may be which pierces your heart is sharpened with love. It is sent to release you from a body of sin and death and to take you from a world of trial and sorrow and to place you within the walls of the city after which you have been so long aspiring and there you may be clothed with immortality and see him whom having not seen you love Again, in Luke's prayer this morning, he mentioned something along that line. What would it be to be able to come before the Lord and the first business, order of business, not be confessing your sin? (laughs) What would it be to come before the Lord and the first order of business not be confessing your sin? Hmm. Then says Overton, why then, O believer, should you be frightened or shrink when the summons comes? Comforts and mercies and blessings and enjoyments you may have had by the way, but better is the end of a thing than the beginning. And better, oh, how much better is heaven itself than any foretaste or beginning of heaven which you ever had in this world. Is not the ark of the covenant gone on before you? Be ready, therefore, to remove out of your place and to go after it. What, though you have not passed this way heretofore, the great high priest of your profession, he who makes atonement for all your sins, he who secures the mercy of God by covenant to you. He who has been your advocate and your forerunner has tasted death and has gone before you. And through him you know the way by which you must go through the gate of death to the land and region of everlasting life. All oh, that we may one and all have nothing to do but to die. When the appointed hour has actually arrived. Oh that we may none of us. Have to sow. When we ought to reap. Hmm. Good words indeed. The Christians experience in the world. On his way to heaven may be likened to the voyage by sea as well as a journey by land. The words that we've just read refer to the wonderful preservation of Paul. That is in Acts 27 verse 44. And so it came to pass that they escaped after safe to land. He says a true believer may be scarcely and yet surely saved. (laughs) That's a foreign notion to most Baptist theology today. A true believer may be scarcely, nevertheless, surely saved. Sometimes they are driven to the very verge of despair and to their trembling apprehension. All hope that they shall be saved may be taken away. But notwithstanding all these fears and all these calamities, if they are true believers in the Son of God, in the secret counsel of the Father, they have been chosen to everlasting salvation and actually given to Christ as the purchase and reward of his sufferings that he may give unto them the blessings of eternal life. So no matter how it is they go, they will go safely. They'll go safely because they are in Christ. And so it is. Christiana is gone. We have learned a great deal from walking with her. But now her journey is ended, and she's crossed over. And those that were uh, around her, Bunyan says of them in this very simple, terse statement, so all departed to their respective places. To me, when I attend, I, being old, I attend more funerals. I suppose I've attended more funerals in the last two years than I did in the last 20 years of my life. To me, the saddest part of attending a funeral is leaving. The leaving. Because you know you've left behind the earthly remains, at least, of a friend. And there's no going back. There'll never be another meeting, never be seen again in this world. And they're gone. And that's a sadness, no matter whether it's a spouse, child, a friend, a brother, a sister, father, mother. There's a sadness to that leaving. They all, Bunyan said, went back to their respective places. And that's, uh, to me, to me, that's just me. That's the most difficult part. It's going away but she has entered in (laughs) with great pomp and ceremony she's been received at the gate what a beautiful picture what a beautiful picture so we've watched Christiana cross over we'll leave it there for today and uh, Lord willing the next time we'll take up the crossing of yet another Pilgrim. Comments, testimonies, questions? We shall all follow a coffin one day out to the graveyard. And I hope you'll remember when you're there, I hope you'll remember these words of admonition from uh, Scott and from others. That your testimony of grace at that time will be very important. Your testimony of grace. I was thinking, somebody said something that's more made me think, something I'd heard years and years ago and forgotten. Uh, there was an evangelist that used to preach. I can't remember his, his name. I have it written in my Bible. He said, it's a disgrace to the God of all grace for God's people to act like they are sheep without a shepherd. Ray Brown, Brother Ray Brown said that. It's a disgrace to the God of all grace For his people to act like they are sheep without a shepherd. And I say that could never be more true than at a funeral. It's a disgrace to the God of all grace. For his people to act like they're sheep without a shepherd. We ought to bear up a clean testimony. Clear testimony of this grace that we talk so much about.